Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to USTA Florida's Here to Serve podcast. My name is Laura Bowen, and I am the Executive Director for USTA Florida. I'm very excited about this week's podcast because we have some very special guests to talk a little bit about adaptive tennis and how we can partner adaptive tennis in the collegiate space, particularly in the current environment, uh, which uh, certainly is different and we have to get creative and I've got three creative minds here with me. First up, returning to the podcast, we have Lisa Pugliese-Lacroix and Lisa is the founder of Love Serving Autism. Welcome back to the podcast, Lisa. Thank you, Laura, for having me today. Always nice to have you. And we also have two new faces and voices for those of you on the listening only podcast. Uh, First up, we have coach Caroline Whelan, and she is the head women's tennis coach at FAU. So uh, welcome, Caroline. It's a pleasure to have you. Hi, thank you for having me. This is exciting. It is exciting. Go Owls. For those of you who are watching the podcast, you'll you'll see she's got some owl eyes behind you, behind her, which is really nice. They're watching you. <laughs> and joining Caroline is actually one of her players, a senior, and her name is Natalia Boltonskaya. Natalia, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for having me today. Oh, well, it's our pleasure. I appreciate you all taking the time. So today we're going to, um, you know, talk a little bit about adaptive in college. But before we do that, since we have two new people on our podcast, I want to give each of you an opportunity to share with our listeners your background and how you got involved in tennis. So I'm going to start with you, Caroline. How did you get involved in tennis and how did you end up being the head coach at FAU? So I grew up here playing tennis in Boca, Delray, and Deerfield, and was on the junior tennis circuit in Florida and the nationals and all that kind of stuff. I played tennis at University of Miami. Uh, Yeah, we had some big matches against the Gators. (laughs) Lisa's a Gator, for those of you listening. We've got a little rivalry with (laughs) Gators and the U. I'm sure you guys uh, definitely have some jabs back and forth on that. (laughs) Actually, if I had it my way, I was trying to go to Florida first, but he wouldn't have me. So anyway, um, the FAU job came about in 2000. And so that was my first time around as head coach from 2000 to 2003. And I've been here since 2016 for the second time around. I love it. It's family to me. I love to see this program grow. And uh, this year we were top 50 in the country pre-COVID. So it's going to be huge next year. Well, I'm glad that you're there. We actually have an uh, FAU alumnus on our uh, staff who uh, is a very proud owl. So uh, yes, we we kind of have you represented on our staff. It's not all Gators or Seminoles. We actually have some owls too. So we're, we're equal opportunity here. Natalia, tell us a little bit about how you got involved in tennis and how you came to FAU. Okay, so I grew up in Russia and I traveled all over the world, honestly. I practiced for two years in Finland, practiced for two years in Croatia, and I competed on the tour since I was eight, eight or nine years old. I started with Tennis Europe, went to ITF Juniors, played some WTA tournaments as well before coming to college. And uh, uh, I was looking for college when I was 16 to 17 years old because I graduated my high school when I was 17. And um, a month before actual 
admission to college, I called with Caroline and the time I heard her voice, I knew that's a school for me. <laughs> four weeks later, I ended up in a beautiful place like Bokaraton with palm trees, sunny weather, not like before. <laughs> so it was an awesome opportunity that got me here to FAU. That's excellent. Well, and you get to play tennis all year round here, which is another great thing about Florida. We sunny yeah. palm trees, Caroline, what more could you ask for? This is exactly. Yeah. Well, we're happy to have you, Natalia. Um, so I'm going to go turn to Lisa, uh, to you for just a minute. You, as we mentioned, had an incredible college background, uh, playing for the Gators and being number one. How did you and Caroline meet? That's what I want to know. Right. I mean, it's it was years and years ago. <laughs> it seems like yesterday, but it wasn't. Um, and Caroline, you know, I always really admired her um, in junior tennis in Florida. Our family is from Memphis, Tennessee. So we actually moved to Florida when I was um, a freshman in high school. And I just remember, you know, back then I wasn't very social, so I didn't really interact a lot with the juniors and tournaments. But I did know Caroline. She was always a great player. She was always super nice to me. But again, I was really shy. <laughs> so didn't really know her very well, but you know, did get to know her sister and her family um, and just always you know, had the great, great respect for Caroline. And here we are now, you know, 20, probably five years later, reconnecting for a different purpose. So it's pretty exciting. It's funny how tennis does that, isn't it? Yes, it does. By the <laughs> way, Lisa was a rock star. I mean, oh. everyone wanted to follow in her footsteps. You did not want to catch her out on the court. It was not a good draw when Puglise was in your draw. <laughs> Lisa's still, Lisa still a rock star, but now people want to work with Lisa. So it's different. It's a different yeah. environment. <laughs> we all want Lisa on our team, no matter what. Uh, I can say that for sure. Um, okay, let's talk a little bit about where we are right now in terms of, of tennis. This year is obviously very different. We've had the COVID-19 situation happening. So Lisa, I'm going to stay with you for just a minute. I know you're starting to resume your in-person LSA programs. How's that going for you and are you still doing the virtual stuff as well? Right, Laura. So we did switch to virtual tennis in April and um, continue the virtual programming only. And we are starting to reopen a few programs in South Florida um, with the new safety guidelines. Uh, we did reopen one in-person class at a public facility in Green Acres, Florida. And right now the parents are the only ones on the court volunteering with their children. It's smaller class sizes. You know, we go through all the safety protocol, the temperature checks and the screenings and the waiver and um, social distancing on the court. And, you know, so we do, we are very um, well aware of what we have to do. Um, so it has, it has affected us, it has impacted us and, and to an extent where when we do reopen more programs, you know, every facility has different restrictions and requirements. Um, they may not allow five children on a court at once. It may only be four, you know, they may not allow in-person volunteers. So I'm kind of assessing each location uh, one at a time um, at this moment, and we will continue virtual program, pro programming. So it's like a hybrid model. So we'll, we'll be able to do both because I feel that not every child is able to participate right now, whether it's class restriction, you know, due to the sizes or it's uh, due to potentially their immune system. You know, their parents don't feel comfortable bringing them back out into the community. So we will continue with virtual and uh, also start to reopen more classes in the next month. 
Well, I think I mentioned on the last podcast we did that you were the trailblazer when it came to virtual. Actually, there weren't a lot of teaching pros or anyone, program directors that were really comfortable in that space. And from the time that things shut down, you were like, I'm on it. <laughs> so you really paved the way for a lot of that to happen. And I, uh, you know, I just have to say that to say that, you know, you're just an innovative thinker and you jumped into that space really uh, right away. And it, it's really sh- uh, changed a lot of what we do even at USTA Florida. So I want to shift over um, to you, Caroline, and talk a little bit about what's happening in the collegiate space, because I think a lot of colleges are also struggling with the in-person versus virtual. So what's the landscape there at FAU right now? So for us, you the each athlete basically has the choice to either stay and practice um, or stay and not practice, whatever they feel safe doing. Um, A couple have gone back to their home countries. They felt safer there for the time being. So, uh, you know, every day seems to be different and there's no consistency. And I'm not going to lie. I mean, it is it is it's tough to handle some days. It was fine for months. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, some consistency a little bit. And I think the kids are suffering with that, too. I mean, I see it firsthand with our athletes they are all a athletes. They are incredibly responsible, hardworking, and because of the inconsistencies and everything, they are struggling a little bit too. So um, we are doing our very best to provide a lot of individual lessons for them so that they feel comfortable, no touching the balls, nothing. Mm-hmm. We do everything and a lot of per- protocols that we're following. Uh, so it's definitely doable. And I think that the ones that are taking advantage of that are feeling better mentally. But uh, I mean, everything is up in the air right now. We have no idea what our season is going to look like. Can we travel? Mm-hmm. Anything? Well, Natalia, since you are a player and you chose to stay in Florida, can you talk a little bit about your experience and maybe what you're doing? You know, how do you feel about it? It must be very, very different than, you know, the last three years when you were in, in college. Yeah, uh, I think this is one of the difficult years that started for us last March when our season ended in the middle of it. And uh, I feel like a lot has been changed in this world and like all our classes moved online. I think this is one of the biggest issues that I'm facing right now. It's so hard to do everything online and you're at your house, you get so many distractions. I think this is one of the... things that I'm going through right now and fighting myself to stay focused on my classes every day. And uh, you have to attend lectures as well online and you don't have this no more interaction. It's only only professor talking all over, over again. Like it's no discussions in class anymore. So this is one of the reasons I'm facing right now. And then the second one, it's it's my last year. It's my senior year. I want to be able to practice and play sport that I love every day. And with uh, COVID going around, it's not as many hours anymore that uh, we can play, even though like coach is helping us to offer those hours, but it's not the same because the whole team is not here. Uh, like I want to be able to go to it with my teammates, with coaches, like make those experience happen and I'm staying in Florida right now because even though it's my last year and it's not safe I still want to have those memories because that's what I'm going to remember later so I think you're very wise and all of your observations are good ones I mean I appreciate your 
your self-awareness and honesty. There are many adults out there that aren't that aware of the distractions. And I tell you, we deal with it all the time too. And I know that sometimes when we're on meetings, we're like, gosh, it's boring. Like we would really like to stop this meeting right now. So probably sounds like some of your lectures, um, but (laughs) hopefully we'll all get out of this and be able to have that more in person. And I, I really am hoping that if they were able to do things like football, which I know has some issues right now, that hopefully we will be able to resume tennis, which is the safest sport, I think, for us to be able to do. So I'm really hoping that we can do that this spring. Um, so let's talk a little bit about maybe what you have been able to do and why we're doing this podcast together. So I understand that uh, many of the players at FAU have been helping Lisa with the virtual LSA classes. So Lisa, I wanted to ask you, what do players like Natalia bring to your program in terms of support and what doors have been opened for that partnership with colleges? Well, I, I really wish that I had connected with Caroline in March, you know, when this whole started. I mean, Caroline's incredible and she's a big advocate for what we do. So I'm so thankful. Um, but the the team members have brought, you know, so much joy to our children in some of the adults logging in. Um, it's I think it's more of the social interaction. It's seeing that, oh, you know, there are college students who actually care about us and they're our friends. And so it provides that social interaction. It gives them confidence. Um, so that I think that's more from the family's viewpoint of, you know, right now some of the, the team members have logged in from, I think, Slovenia and Czech Republic. And, and it's so exciting. They get to talk about what country they're from and what's the weather and how are they playing tennis there? And they're just fascinated by all of these new friends they're making. So we're really appreciative of Natalia and for everything you guys are doing with our with our students. And um, on the other side of it, I think that for me personally as a founder, um, it's exciting to see a Division One, you know, women's tennis team log in and take the initiative to do this because, you know, when I did play back in the day, you know, we were really focused on on tennis, you know, and that was our life, tennis in school, tennis in school. And I really didn't get involved in community outreach. And it was all about, you know, my performance and myself. So um, it feels great to be able to pass along kind of, you know, start love serving autism and provide this type of purpose for collegiate athletes to potentially see that there's a bigger picture. Um, competition is important. Tennis is important. Winning is great, you know, but also you can make a difference with what you're doing. So I think that's what they've brought to me, you know, through Love Serving Autism. So, Caroline, I want to stay on that for a minute and, you know, ask you what you have seen the participation in Lisa's programs bring to your athletes. How has it improved or made them better people or better players? What are what lessons are they learning there that you see them applying? Um, it's pretty neat to watch, you know, the first meeting where my players are sh- really shy and learning about the format and a little uncomfortable. And a lot of them don't do this kind of thing and from the countries that they're from. <clears throat> and it's neat. They get through the first round of, you know, of volunteering and then they come alive and they said it was really fun and it's so nice to see the kids. And um, I think it's exactly the same thing. There's a bigger picture. Tennis is not everything and academics isn't everything. There's, um, you know, a confidence that comes from from this whole thing. And just being able to help is so big. It's just bigger than everything. 
Natalia, and ask for your perspective. Do you feel like participating in these programs has, you know, helped you either giving you an outlet that's outside of the bubble that you're in with school? Has it helped your tennis? Where where do you see it uh, being a help to you? Um, I feel like I love community service on my own. So like, I love the get, getting back to the community and uh, especially with the Lisa program is I love about uh, about it. It was my first time doing tennis online, and I felt like this is a great idea because nobody in my country didn't do it over this uh, crazy period what's going on right now. So I feel like this is a great idea that Lizis came up with, and that I have a chance on participating and making those kids better. It just gives me joy. Like it gives. We do it on Saturday. On Saturday after that hour, I feel like I get so much from it from that program and that I can I can help somebody with what I know it's a, the greatest feeling that's awesome to hear I love that so um my last question really for all of you um and I'll just keep going around the the horn is do you see a way for us to be able to connect more college tennis players with adaptive programs in the future and what can we do as USTA Florida to maybe help those connections? So Lisa, I'm going to start with you because I know you have some connections with other universities as well. So how do you see this playing out? Do you see this as an opportunity for us to do more? I do. I mean, Caroline reached out to me and she took the initiative as, as a coach. So I think to an extent it takes that level of, and she also knows me, I know, but um, it takes that level of you know tenacity to say, hey, I'm going to do this with our team and we're gonna commit to this. Um, we have, we did have a table at the ITA convention, um, I believe it was a year ago in Naples. And we had, you know, over a hundred college coaches walking by and saying, you know, what is your program? We're really interested in getting our players involved. And, you know, so there was a really big interest in college uh, coaches and, and some, I, I've heard that some teams do have mandatory requirements for community service hours, which I think is great. I'm not sure Caroline of all the Division one teams have community service hours that are required. Um, but but again, it was kind of a mix of so some coaches are just like, you know, this is my decision as a coach and I want to make sure my players are involved in something like this. Um, the challenge to me, I guess, was, you know, going home with this big list of coaches and maintaining, you know, this contact of, hey, we're here if you need us. And at the time, there was no virtual programming. So, you know, how do you just open a program or a class, you know, on a campus? So I think there's a lot of um, opportunity in this area. And this is the first time that we as an organization have, you know, partnered with a team and really worked together on this initiative. So I think it definitely has potential in the future. <laughs> and Caroline, what would you say to other coaches out there, to your peers about the benefits of connecting your team to these types of programs and what, and what should they do to kind of get something like this started? Well, first they should reach out to Lisa and, and get with her, you know, to get that started. But second, I would say there is a little resistiveness sometimes with the teams because they are very busy. And uh, it's a lot different than when we used to play. All we have to think about was two things, maybe three. So, you know, they have so many different requirements and things like that. They are busy, but you have to, as a coach, kind of push through that and then get them to see the advantage, the, uh, the rewards of doing this kind of a program. 
is, and then it's fine. It, they, they buy in and they love it. And that's what you just need to get through. But you have to push a little bit. You have to get them through to understand what this is all about. And it's bigger than them and the rewards that they will feel. And the kids, it's all about the kids, number one. So Natalia, what would you say to maybe some uh, other uh, tennis players who are playing college tennis that might get asked to do this? What what would you what type of advice would you give to them about why they should invest their time and energy in doing a program like this? Well, uh, first I think that Lisa's program is incredible because it keeps uh, kids a little bit busy and it gives them happiness. So I think all tennis players have to be involved in something like that because it's gonna make somebody's lives better and it's gonna make them more happy and uh, it's gonna make them more involved out there in community. And uh, I think also it's really important for tennis players to get to know connections as well, because once we get out in the real world, we, we don't know what we're gonna do or where is the tennis is gonna bring you. So I think it's a great opportunity that Lisa is giving out right now. And uh, maybe someday I'll be teaching kids as well. So you will never know. <laughs> Can I chime in? All right, in? well, I, yeah, go right ahead, Caroline. Also in, in the other countries that let's say our team is are from, they aren't as, I feel like, um, advanced as the United States is as far as, you know, mental health, the adaptive learning and all that kind of stuff. And I think this is huge for these girls to see the this program in action and that you know helping these kids you know learn this sport or anything you know other than this so i think it's um really important that the other countries get up to date with us in that part in that aspect yeah that's a great observation that you know we're kind of in our own bubble here so the perspective natalia that you and your teammates are bringing of what is and is not available in other countries is is really important because we do you know we don't take that for granted and then hopefully you all can go be leaders in in those other countries and say we want to bring this type of program here and then lisa will be traveling the world with love serving autism <laughs> i'm coming <laughs> We're all yeah. coming. We're all going. It's We're going to be there. Road trip when we can get on the plane trip when we can I, fly again. <laughs> I think, Laura, what I wanted to say too, and Natalia, is that I know what it felt like, Caroline, too. You know what it feels like as a college athlete to um, those expectations on you of winning and grades. And, you know, you're not the typical college student. You know, you're, you're always performing. And I think it's just nice to have that feeling of, okay, I'm not really performing when I'm working with these children. It's more of, I'm connecting with them and I'm, I'm using the skills that I've learned to help someone else, you know, so that when you go back to school in tennis, you know, you can see, okay, yes, this is important, like I said, but it's, it's not as much pressure always to be number one. And, you know, cause a lot of us are perfectionists, you know, when you play tennis. And so it's kind of nice to have those opportunities, I think too. And Natalia does an amazing job um, and she's, has great leadership skills and she kind of helps her team stay coordinated with the virtual tennis. And so we're very thankful for her. <laughs> well, yeah, I also wanted to say in, uh, for example, in my country, in Russia, we have no community service. Like when I first came to the United States, uh, I was like, what is community service? What do I do with it? Because in our schools, uh, our high school, middle school, we don't have any community service required. 
and we don't even get those opportunities. So like, I wouldn't hear somebody's gonna invite me to do a community service, even like maybe it can be a tennis club, you would never hear that. Everything is there for money. So like, for me, it was like a surprise when I came here. And uh, my first year when I did few community service, I actually understood how I really like it. And I got involved in SAC community here at FAU. Um, and I feel like this brings me so, so much joy to give back. So it's a great opportunity. And I hope one day I'll come to Russia and do something with that there because nobody helps there. <laughs> that, that would be wonderful. But of course, if you stay here, we'll be happy to, to get you involved in every community service opportunity that we have. You will be very busy um, because we have lots of it. Um, so, and now I have your email, so don't worry. <laughs> yes, you can, send me, you can send me, I'll do it. Oh, I love that. Well, thank you, ladies, so much. It is always a pleasure um, to have three amazing women leaders on this podcast. I believe that uh, tennis uh, definitely has a great need for more women voices. So I appreciate you sharing your voices with me today. Um, so thank you so much. Um, I hope you enjoyed the podcast as much as I did. Thank you so much. Thank you so thank much. You. Go Owls. Go Owls. <laughs> For those of you listening to the audio-only version of this podcast, just a reminder that you can visit USTA Florida's Facebook page and see the full video version of the podcast and also leave comments and questions for our team. And don't forget to visit our website for upcoming podcast episode topics and dates. You can find those at ustaflorida.com slash here to serve. Thank you for tuning in and have a wonderful day.